And I'm going to ask you to be seated for just a few moments. I have felt it in my heart long before coming to this campground There are no way, there is no words, there are no words, there is no way that I could ever tell you how thankful I am for my heritage and how much it means to me. I have both of my boys in this audience tonight, Brother David Foss, Sister Elaine Foss, Brother Gary, and the young lady he's to marry in a few days. So my whole family is here. My precious wife, she hasn't said much to you, but uh, she's here. Great, great woman. But tonight, my mind, two years ago, tonight, I stood by a casket and looked into the face of an old pioneer. And I know that you can remember some that's gone on. I'll never be able to bring them back. My old dad, my mother, Departed this life two years ago. And I'm certain if Dad was alive, he would be here tonight. But somehow I feel that if it's possible, he's here somewhere. The visit of angelic beings is not strange in a place like this. Well, I know some of you don't believe that. But that don't make it so. I've watched angelic forms come into our church. I've seen two of them one night. They weren't dressed in white. They were kind of an off-white color. Close-cut hair. Walked into the side of the platform we was having a service just like we're having now and as they walked down the aisles when we were rejoicing they seemed to rejoice with us And I watched them throughout the space of about ten minutes. When they walked up to our altar, I watched a puzzled look on the facial features of those two beings. A man was receiving the Holy Ghost. And they looked very strange at the praise 
You say, Brother Foss, I don't believe that. Well, that's all right. But the Bible said what you have tonight, angels desired to look into it. Somewhere in this meeting, God has sent from the battlements of glory angels to do a work. And I believe He's going to do it tonight. I have felt it in the will of God to do what I'm about to do. I promised that old warrior when his funeral service was over and I asked to be left alone at his casket for a moment. I reached in and took his Bible out of his hand. And I stood there and promised him that as long as I live, I promise you I will preach this truth that you've planted in my heart and never change. And at the outset of this message tonight, I would like for you to stand with me as I call Brother George Glass, Sr. I want him to come. I want him to sit here on the front with me tonight. I'd like for Brother L.J. McDaniels to come and be seated. I want Brother A.D. Varnado to come. I want Brother Jesse Hawthorne. And Brother T.W. Barnes.
In the midst of sacrifice, in the midst of personal denial, born in the flame of fire, men brought you and me this truth. Were it not for this kind of men, there would be no campground. There would be no Louisiana district. And so from Jesus Christ tonight, I respectfully dedicate this message. to my heritage and to these men that stand behind me on this platform. Out of the book of Romans, chapter 12, I read verse 1. Following this, I will go into the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and I will read verse 4. Notice the reading of the Word of the Lord, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, only reasonable service. Bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service.
book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 4, I would like to pick up the first clause that we have here. Said by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. And I would like to use for a subject tonight a more excellent sacrifice. Brother George Glass, Sr., I'd like for you to come and pray. Ask God to walk with us tonight. Our God and our Father, that which we are about to ask for, we know that you are more than willing to do. We are so grateful for that which has been done, is being done. We thank you for the word that we've heard oh day after day, night after night. Oh God. We thank you for the good that we feel has been accomplished in every heart that's come on these campgrounds. We thank you, Lord, for the ministry of Brother Foss. We thank you for it, for the burden you've laid on his heart tonight. We pray that you'll not only anoint him mightily, heavily anoint him, but anoint us to hear him. Anoint every individual in this audience to give ear to the word of God tonight. And we pray in Jesus' name that it will not return void, but will accomplish the purpose for which you have Hallelujah. given it. And ere the lights are out of this tabernacle tonight, May new names be written down in glory from the results of this one service tonight. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. A more excellent sacrifice. I am preaching to a first generation, a second generation, a third, and a part of a fourth generation of Pentecostals. I fall into the second generation. These men that are on this platform are part of the passing of the first generation. I know that when we start walking into the areas that I'm going to walk into tonight, there is just a little bit of resentment. But let me ask you again, deal gently with me until you hear the conclusion of the whole matter just a little as I look at the things of the past and our history I am made to 
myself a question. What really have I done for the Lord? At what point does whatever I do in the eyes of God become a sacrifice? I gave in an offering tonight. I still have money in my billfold. If I would have given every dime I had, I've got money in the bank at home. If I would have wrote a check that would have took everything I had in the bank, I've got money in a savings. If I would have took everything out of the savings, I still have money put away in other places. At what point? Where do I enter into sacrifice? Hey, I'm going to preach to you before this is over tonight. I know that I'm a preacher. Some things I've never suffered. And when I begin to ask just what have I suffered? Hey, what have I suffered? What have I gone through? What has it cost me to be what I am, where I am, have what I am? Everything in the world has been blessed that I've had anything to do with. And I wonder where the sacrifice is. I was told yesterday by an old gray-haired man, and he said, Brother Foss, I knew your dad when he was a young man. I don't know where it's at, but he said, I can remember when your dad walked to Camp 24. Now, you may know where it's at, Brother Glass. I don't. But he said he walked to Camp 24 every other week to preach to us. And that walk was 20 miles there and 20 miles back. Let me ask you, third generation, let me ask you, second generation, how far would you walk to preach to a handful of people? When does it become sacrifice? What could I do that I could be telling the Lord, I made a sacrifice? I'm still giving the same kind of offering I gave in 1961. We used to ask for a dollar then, and we still ask for a dollar. Hey, if you're going to do as good as you've done in 61, you've got to give seven. 
does it become sacrifice? You see, I remember the days to pastor a church that my dad went into a town and swept out a chicken house. He took whitewash paint. Some of you old folks know what that is. And he whitewashed the inside of that old chicken house. Took out the roost where the hens and the roosters had lived in the nighttime. He moved the nest. My mother sat down with a cotton sack ticking and cut pine straw and made beds for us to live on and sleep on. Then I use a subject, a more excellent sacrifice. I'm not even worthy, Brother Rodenbush, to say the word. Sacrifice. 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 But oh, somewhere, God is going to do something to us. And maybe it'll be tonight. Brother Voss, do you believe that God can really speak to men? Honey, I've got my ear to the ground tonight. I want him to talk. I want him to speak. I want him to say something. I want him to do something. I want something to happen that I've never seen happen in all my life. God, would you please speak tonight? We have it in our minds that our names are going to be put in heaven's hall of fame. Why should my name be there? Why should my name be there? What right have I got to have my name there inscribed by men who know what sacrifice is? Men that had no way they had no choice, but God had done something inside of them that caused them, I must needs preach. I don't know where, I don't know how, but God, I'm going to preach, I'll preach, I'll preach, I'll preach, I'll preach. I had a young man tell me not long ago, and he said, look, Brother Foss, you keep preaching about the street corners. You keep preaching about the jails. You keep preaching about the rest homes. He said, God didn't call me to the street corner. He didn't call me to the jails. He didn't call me to the steps of a building, but he called me to a pulpit. I'm sorry, sir. He called you to go into all the world and preach the gospel wherever you find a man that needs the gospel preached to him. Sacrifice. What is it? Where is it? When does it become sacrifice to me? We look at circumstances. I believe that God still moves today, just like He did when He called you. 
George Glass Sr., Louis McDaniel, you remember the day and the place that God called you to preach. You didn't just grow into it. There was something touched you. Brother Varnadol, something happened to you when you made up your mind, I will accept this lowly way. I'll preach this gospel. I'll do whatever God wants me to do, wherever he wants it. Brother Hawthorne, nobody offered you a church. You didn't ask how much the salary was. Uh-uh. You didn't ask if they had a parsonage. Just, I'll preach. I'll preach. Brother Barnes, you don't mind me talking about you a minute, but you made an impression on me. When I was a young man, this man brought me by your house, and you were supposed to go somewhere with us, and it was a little unpainted two-room house. Do you remember it, Brother McDaniel? And we went in, knocked on the door. Brother Barnes come out, bib overalls, blue, faded. And he looked at us and said, I can't go. I'm not going. For the barns, I later found out you was on a fast, a long fast, living in a two-room house. Hey, friend, I don't live in a two-room house. And I hate to say this because it's an indictment against me, but neither do I have the ministry of some of them that live there. Hey, don't miss me tonight. Don't miss me tonight. Don't miss me. What's going to happen if God don't do something to me? I've got to give it to you, Keith Lane. I've got to give it to David Foss. I've got to give it to you, Brother Mahoney. Somebody's got to hand you something. But what can I hand you? No sacrifice. No suffering. No nothing but blessings. And I preach a more excellent sacrifice. It didn't just happen that this boy, Abel, got in to God's Hall of Fame. Uh-uh. Oh, you say, Brother Foss, if I'd have been Abel, I'd have done the same thing. But let's look at it a minute. When that boy started out to worship, I want you to remember Abel grew up in a backslider's home. He grew up in a home that didn't pray. All they'd done was went to a gate of a garden and asked to be let in, but the flaming sword kept them pushed back. He was in a backslider's home, but something about it, when he started to worship, something got inside his guts and said, I want to do something different. Oh, 
that my generation would break out of them all. Merle, you and my God, if you and me could break out of where we're set and something would get a hold of us and say, I am going to do it different than anybody else has ever done it. I challenge you tonight, Abel, never seen a sacrifice. He never saw an altar. But something gnawing. He could have took fruit of the ground. But something was speaking to him. Blood! 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 I don't know why. I don't know how come. I don't know what makes me feel this way. But every time he thought about worshiping, he looked at a lamb. I'll tell you what, friend. When a man gets locked in with God, he sees things that nobody else sees. He knows things that nobody else knows. He feels things that nobody else feels. It's not just something that he desires, but it becomes annoying. Hey, Bugs Freeman, do you remember that name? You didn't know I knew that, did you? What took you to Africa? Annoying. An unsettled something. A thing I can't handle. Every time I pray, every time I lift up my hands, every time I talk to God, something, something, something's got to be done. And Abel, when he started to worship, I can't just do anything. All I can think about is blood, blood. Sacrifice. Altar. I don't know how he done it, but somehow he got an old altar fixed. He got it set up like he wanted it. And he took that lamb. And what are you going to do with the lamb? I really don't know. Something's happening. Hey, these men could sit here and tell you about gnawing things on the inside. Things that's caused them to do things that they wouldn't have done normally. You know, I don't have in my testimony a testimony that I didn't have food to eat. And I went to town to find something to eat. Walked up to a freight train. Hey, you may not believe it, but I believe it. My old dad, right here in your state, didn't have a thing to eat for five days. Walked, started to town to pick up some food. When he got to the railroad track, there was the old train, and it was stopped. He told me, he said, son, I thought it was just taking on water. And I stood there for a minute. 
Daddy said, as I stood there, I kept looking, waiting for the train to pull on up, and it wouldn't, it didn't. So I started to walk around the end of the train. He said, when I got almost to the end of it, it started backing up. And I stopped and I looked, and it wasn't getting water. I just, it backed up about 30 feet. I started on back to the, go around the end of it, and it moved again about 10 feet. She said, when it stopped this time, I, I started, I said, well, which way is it going to go? Daddy went to the end of the train. Brother Glass, when he went to step across the track, there laid a silver dollar on a cross tie. Hey, you may not believe it, but God knew where the dollar was. And God knew his man was there. And the only way he could get it was move the train. Hey, second generation. Hey, third generation. What can you hand to those that come behind you? I can't tell them that a train showed me where it was. Oh, God. Abel, you got a lamb? What are you going to do? I don't know. Hey, he didn't have a knife like you got. But he tied that little old lamb and put it on an altar. And when he laid it up there, he picked up a jagged stone. And he started working on his throat. And he began to cut. And he cut. And he cut until blood started running. And when it started, there was something come over that boy. That lamb died. It was there. He built a fire under it. And then he raised up bloody hands. I don't know why, but something inside of me How long has it been since God really moved you to do something nobody else ever done? Hey, we shout when other people shout. You'll preach for me because there's a good offering coming. You'll come to my place because it's a big church. You'll come there. You know I'll feed you. And if you don't believe it, ask some of these folks. And look at me. I, you know I eat. Oh, yeah. Look, you'll have everything you want. I'll put you in a good bed. I'll put you in a beautiful home. I'll put you in a good place to live. I'll give you the best that I can possibly give you. It's not hard for me to get a man to preach for me. But supposing there was no church. Supposing there was no home. Supposing there was no air conditioning. Supposing there was no offering. Supposing there was no place to go. I wonder how many evangelists would go home with me if I could tell them I don't have any money. I don't have an offering. I don't have anything to give. I wonder how many pastors would come to my house. Oh, that God would do something to us. That he would let something happen on the inside of us that would cause us God 
I don't know why. I don't know why, but I'm going to go. Can you imagine, Brother Tenney, now you can pull my vest tail if I get too far. You're my, you're my boss. You won't do it. My secretary sits here. And he don't do it. I got five elders sitting here. When in this world is God going to take this playboy attitude out of me? Hey, when's that attitude going to melt? I got to preaching to, about giving to my church. Give, 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 give. And God shouted back at me. Lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. Lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of God. Hey, friend, I know there's probably not a man in this building that's got a collection of guns like I got. There's nobody probably got any better boats and motors. No more rods and reels. Hey, I was an addict after that. But when I started preaching about giving this last year, God let something happen in my guts. I told him, every dollar I lay down for a bait, I'll give you one. Every dollar I put on a gun, I'll give it to you. Every time I spend a dollar for pleasure, I'll give it to you. I refuse to be called a lover of pleasure more than I love God. Oh, that another birth would come. Something would happen. What? Where is my sacrifice? Hey, I, I'm, I'm just talking to you from my heart. And I'm going to preach to you in a little bit. They give it to me a little early tonight, so i got a long time. Just stay with me, okay? Oh, I'm not dragging you over hell. I'm not spinning you off out into heaven. I'm not taking you to the judgment. But, honey, we're going to go to the cleaners before this is over. Oh, yeah. We're going to go to the cleaners before this is over. God is going to do something to us tonight. Oh, God. Oh, God, when does it become sacrifice? I come to you, I've worn a different suit every night. Brother Glass, a few years ago, you would have wore the same suit every night. You would have went home, yes, sir. You'd hold up them britches and look at them between the light, and you'd pray. Hey, we laugh about that, honey, but that's the God's truth if I ever told it. 
Oh, yeah. My old daddy knelt down to pray one night at a convention, and he said it felt a norther hit him. And behind where he was praying, he said he thought somebody left the door open, but all that happened was the seat come out of that suit. He got up and tied his coat sleeves around him, and he went on with that convention and left, not knowing what he was going to do. Look, friend, let me tell you, how can my generation even look back and say that I know what the word sacrifice is all about? We don't know anything about sacrifice. And you've got so much. You have so much. Hey, I'm not talking to paupers tonight. And my preacher brother, I probably won't ever get to come back here after tonight. But I'm going to say it to you. Some of you are making 100000 a year. Some of you are making 50, some 70. Some 30, some 40, some 10, some 20. Hey, you better be sure you're worth what that church is paying you. I didn't expect you to shout. Not in this area. But I'm going to tell you one thing, my friend. You better be careful. It's dangerous. Brother Foss, I wish I wasn't here tonight. Maybe you better be glad you're here. Maybe before this is over, you'll feel something down inside your system pulling on you. I don't know why I'm going to do it. I don't know why I'm going to say it. I don't know why I'm going to preach it. I don't know why it's going to be like it is, but I'm going to do it. Oh, God, help us not to ever learn how to preach cassettes. They're all right, but say, you can go to God and get a sermon for yourself and a message from God that'll do what you need, my friend. You can get it if you will just go to it. I have so much. Hey, I don't even remember the first time that I spoke in tongues. I don't even remember the first time that I saw people shout. What do you mean, Brother Foss? I just grew into it. Raised in it. It's all I know. And I've took it for granted so long that it's just supposed to be this way. Oh, God. Just say, my friend, I wonder how many of us would take the same place that Moses went on the backside of a desert. He was the rightful Pharaoh of Egypt. And I hear you, my fellow man, I hear you. Well, God's blessing me, and if it's for me, I'm going to take it. Wait a minute. Pharaoh could have said that I'm the rightful heir to the throne. I'll go. 
I'm going to be a Pharaoh. You could have been looking in Pharaoh's, Moses' tomb tonight instead of some of the other ones. But oh, my friend, the Bible records that somewhere a young man on the backside of a desert when he saw a bush burning but not consumed, when he took off his shoes and he listened to the voice of God, it done something to him. It got a hold of him on the inside. The Bible said that he chose rather to suffer the afflictions of God's people than the pleasure of sin for a season. But hey, my generation don't know about afflictions. Don't know about afflictions. When is it going to happen? Larry, when is it going to happen to you? Brother Cooley, you're my generation. When's it going to happen to you? Brother Cupid, Brother Hudson, you're a young man with a big church. But don't ever get away from that feeling. Down inside of you, God, I refuse to fit them all. I refuse to be the professional. I refuse to be the man that knows how to do it. I refuse to walk something to me. God, I want you to say something to me. God, I want you to shake me like I've never been shook. There's something going on. Hey, friend, you talking about revival in Louisiana. If we can get to the place that God can get a hold of our insides, we'll turn this place upside down. How can I even talk about the word sacrifice? How can I even speak about it? Why don't you take a trip with me? Let's go to the Colosseum in Rome. Let's look at it with a dirt, the sand, soaked with blood. Let's look at men that they said, if you will just say it's not real, then we'll let you go. And you won't have to die. But one after the other, hundreds come and go. Blood spills and runs thick. They keep saying, never, never. I'll never deny him. But, oh, God, our preachers are falling by the dozens. They're in trouble tonight because nothing is taking place on the inside of us. We're preaching zombies. We're preaching puppets. We're nothing in the world but operating mechanically. We've learned how to do it. I feel that I owe you an apology, my friend. I ask you to sit here with me tonight. Brother Glass, please forgive me. I heard you preach a sermon in Long Beach, California. And it so done something to me. I tried to preach that message. I wanted to preach like you. You was my ideal in the ministry. I wanted to be just like you. Brother Glass, please. I treaded on ground that I should have never gone on. But God help me. I've gone to the place that I found them for myself. 
I've found it to be real. There is a line that you can get in with God. There's a place you can get with God that God will give you the message for the hour, that God will give you what you need. He'll give it to you the way you need it, friend. If you'll wake up and let God do something. Pardon me just a minute. I wonder, my spoiled, my pampered generation, if they would stretch a member of your family spread eagle on the ground. You would see that big Roman soldier take the wheel and start tightening the ropes until your arms begin to pull out a circuit, a conviction, my God, and the family standing there. And it got so bad, the wife who had lost two boys already on the same thing, was telling him, honey, please recant. Please say there's nothing to it, Daddy. Come go home with us today. Come go home with us. But he was telling him, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll never back up. I'll never give up what he gives me. He saved me. I won't ever let it get away from me. I won't ever lose what he gives to me. How far would you go to see him when he's stretched to where he's about to break? You'd see him bring a sack of corn. And that sack of corn was brought out there. Daddy, please, we know what they're going to do. They're going to split you open. They're going to pour you full of corn. And they're going to turn hogs loose on you. I wonder how far you would go. How much of it could you stand to watch that daddy saying, It's all right, honey. It's all right, darling. There's the Lord's going to take care of you. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll never give up. Honey, when you watch them open up, that stomach, and you see those entrails laying there, and it poured full of corn and turned starving hogs loose, and watch one reach in and grab the punch and shake it while that daddy is still. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Another bites the liver. Another grabs the quivering heart. How can I even talk about sacrifice? Oh, it is what you need, Lord. Come on, what do you need? 
two years ago, God taught me a lesson. You see, this didn't just happen to me. I know what you're thinking. Brother Soss, you live in a big, beautiful home. It's true. I've told my wife more than once in the last 30 days, I'm ready to sell the house. I don't know what God's got in store for me. I'm ready to cut loose with whatever it takes. I don't want anything to hold me. I want to be able to say, yes, Lord, I'll walk with you wherever you want me to go. Brother Glass, Brother McDaniels, I wish I could let y'all pray for me tonight. I got to preach, though. I've got to. I feel like if I don't finish this, I'll die. Oh, that God would help me get it out. Help me get it to where you could understand what I'm trying to say. You, my generation, you don't know what sacrifice is all about. young family in my church went with me down into Central America. And I was there right after the Pope had been in Mexico. And I went into Mexico City. I walked down into the cathedral downtown. And when I went in, I never saw so much gold. Twelve rooms. Brother Betson, they say there's enough gold in there to pay off our national debt. I just looked. Have you been there? Did you notice, Brother Betson, on all four corners, there is four iron rings set in the coverings of the floor? The floor is big, concrete squares. But on each corner, in the middle is a place where the priest and everybody stays. But on each corner... This particular stone has four iron rings in it. We was in there, and I don't suppose we were supposed to be. We had gone down into the catacombs down under it, and had come back up, and they had part of it roped off, and I saw one of them stones moved, and it was a hole. I saw some wet footprints, and, and I just stepped over the rope, and I walked over there. And I think that young man's in this audience tonight, and he'll verify what I'm saying. When I walked over there and I looked down, I was looking into a dirty, filthy, stinking, nasty dungeon. There was body refuse in there. There was no plumbing facility. There was no light to get in there. And there was those wet footprints. I don't know what was going on. But my God, if a man that's in a heathen religion, if a man that has never felt what I felt, if a man knows nothing about what I know, if a man has never experienced what I've, I've experienced, can be put in a dungeon and say that he's doing it for a God he don't know, for a God he can't feel, for a God that don't answer. My God, how can I talk about sacrifice? The next day, we had hired a, a man to drive us around. He said, I want to take you out to the shrine of the Guadalupe. 
be at the hotel in the morning at 8.30. That night, about midnight, Sister Foss and myself and Brother Dennis Austin and his family and Brother and Sister Carol Minshew was with us. And we were walking down the street and I looked and laying on a piece of cardboard laying up against the wall was a mother and a little baby and about a three-year-old girl. Hey, I don't know if you saw it last night. I don't know what it means, but there's some kind of spiritual significance to it. While I was preaching my heart out, a little girl, I don't know where she came from, I don't know where she went, just about this tall, walked up on this platform and grabbed me by the leg. And I, she wouldn't turn me loose until I looked down. I tried to ignore her. When I looked down at her, I saw two little beautiful tears. And she was just petting me, Brother Barnes. She was loving me. And I reached down and hugged that little darling. And when I did, she put her little hands on my face and just petted me. Right in the middle of that message, look, friend, I don't know where she went. I don't know where she come from. But I can't get away from the look that was in the face of that child. Angels, unaware. If I was you, I'd I'd look this place over tonight. Because I believe the sacrificial Savior is looking on this campground and he's talking to us. He's speaking to you. He's talking to me. I believe he's loosed the battlements of glory to let those angels come and look into our heart tonight and let them see us and see what we are and see what we're doing. Oh, my God, do something now, Lord. Let it happen. Tonight to all of us. Mother and two little children. That was their home. Piece of dirty, filthy cardboard. And this mother saw us coming. She reached over and shook the little girl. Woke her up. And the little girl didn't know any different. Probably never seen the inside of a modern bathroom. She got up, went over to the curb, lifted up her little skirt, squatted down, and that was her bathroom. And we was walking toward them all the time. And when I got up close to her, she put up her little dirty hand, and she was bagging. Brother Glass, I don't know what happened to me. Everything I had in my pocket, I went in there and I come out and I placed it in that little darling's hand. She went over there to her mother. This is what shocked me. I saw the mother when she took that money. She looked at him and she counted it. When she saw how much it was, I don't know how she knew. She immediately closed her fist. She rolled up the cardboard. She got the baby in her arms. She took the little girl by the hand and started walking off into the night. I didn't know. I couldn't understand it. The next day, the taxi come, picked us up at the hotel. We're going to the Basilica. They're having mass out there today. We're going. 
18 miles. 18 miles. How long would it take you to walk 18 miles? Figure it up. Figure it up. Carrying a baby with a little three or four year old by the hand. We got there and beautiful fan shaped auditorium. Oh, so beautiful. Seat about 10,000. It was full. I walked in. People were going by and throwing money in a round thing. And that thing was full of money. I watched an old, old man come up with a gold piece. And that gold piece was just about this big around. He walked up to the priest and said something to him. I couldn't speak the language. But he handed him the gold piece. And that priest looked at it and done this away. No, that old man took that piece. And the priest said, no. And he followed that priest. Hey, that was probably everything he ever had. And he needed something, but it wasn't enough. And the priest said, no, no. I walked out, out through that great, great cathedral walked out on the basilica where the Pope had spoke to over a quarter of a million people. And there they were. I never seen such floral offerings in my life. Some of them it took ten men to carry the beautiful floral floats as that's all they had to give. Poverty. They had nothing else. And then I noticed something else. And uh, it It struck me. I could not believe it. I was standing, looking down, long stairs, down onto the street. I seen people coming up those stairs on their hands and knees. They was walking on their knees. They was coming up the stairs, just on. And like, oh, but look, friend, the thing that happened to me, I looked. And there was a mother and two little kids. She had a baby in her arms. And she had a little girl walking by. And she got up on the top of the concrete. And she was walking this way. Everywhere she put the print of her knee was leaving a bloody spot. And she was crying. And she was weeping. Where are you going? I'm going to the altar. What are you doing? Oh, Watson, where's my coat? Brother Manion, they took a coat and laid it for her to walk on. But when she got off of it, they put another one and they moved this one to the front. Where you go? Oh, my God. And I looked in that fist, Brother Glass, in that fist closed was the money that I gave her 18 miles ago, nine hours before. And that's what she counted. And that's what she was looking for. She was walking on the knees. I couldn't speak the language. I didn't care who saw me. I bawled. I squalled. I cried. I prayed. Oh, God, when she gets there, they may tell her it's not 
Sacrifice. I don't know. Sacrifice. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. But the pitiful part, I'm not sure. Brother Beckton, I'm not sure I want to learn. I know I'm not supposed to cry when I preach. They told me, don't ever let your audience see you weep. But I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know anything about sacrifice. I expect to get the same reward, Brother Glass. I want the reward you're going to get, Brother McDaniel. I'd like to get the reward you're going to have. Brother Varnado, my generation wants a reward like yours. Brother Hawthorne, I'd like to have a reward like yours. Brother Barnes, I wish I knew that I'd get the reward like you're going to get. But how can I unless God does something to me? The Apostle Paul said, I'm ready to be offered. Now there's a crown. And we're looking for the same crown. John Cubitt, can you walk with me? Can you walk with me, Larry? Can you walk with me? Merle? Merle? Can you walk with me? Somebody! Please! Let's walk. R.D. Gibson's going to come from? Where are the J.W. Evans's coming from? Where is the Fuselaire's coming from? Where are the 
Robert McClure is coming from? Where are the Oliver Crosses coming from? Hey, my generation, I'm talking to you. I wish old Brother Caron was here tonight. I don't know how many churches he's built, but 80-something years old, just finished one, and it's running over with people now. Where are the Carons coming from? Hey, Tim. My daddy told you one time, it's you, Arlen Ray, that's going to take Bethel's Tabernacle when I leave here. Tim, I need you to walk with me tonight, son. We got somewhere to go. You're my generation. We've got to go somewhere. We got to find something someplace. We've got to get a hold of something. The fourth generation has got to have something that I don't have to give. I don't have it yet. Oh, God, help me. I'm sorry, I don't know how to end it. I don't know what to say. I don't have anything else to give you. Sacrifice by faith. The more excellent. Lord, if you will help my faith, help my unbelief, God, lift me up. I promise you, I'll lift you higher. I'll lift you higher. I'll lift you higher. I'll lift you higher.